Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Health Tech Trends 2024-25. I am Arvind Sareen, CEO of Copper Digital, a digital transformation services company with a rich legacy of 13 plus years. Today, we are honored to have a distinguished guest who's not only left an indelible mark on the health technology landscape, but has also been recognized as a trailblazer in the field of marketing. Joining us is the Chief Marketing Officer at H1. She's helped build brands, teams, and core marketing disciplines across startup, growth stage, and mature organizations in the B2B SaaS and data space. Her passion for transforming healthcare comes from personal experiences, including losing her brother to mental health, her father to dementia, and the complexities of navigating her own journey through cancer and multiple cirrhosis. As we navigate the dynamic landscape of health technology trends of 2024, Lizzie brings rich history of cultivating innovative marketing solutions. With a career spanning over 25 years, Lizzie is a known marketing professional in healthcare industry. Welcome to the podcast, Lizzie. Arvin, thank you. That was such a mouthful. My goodness. I, I'm impressed with who you think I am. Well, no, you, your you. track record is exemplary, and I really want to thank you for your time to invest in the community. So I'm, I'm super excited to have you here. I guess I'll begin with um, you know, the first thing that our audience would love to know. So can you provide a brief overview of H1's mission and how it aims to sure. revolutionize healthcare through data and technology? Yeah, absolutely. So H1, you know, we have a very clear mission, which is to connect the world to the right doctor. And how we do that is um, our founder, Ariel Katz, incredibly passionate individual, set out on a mission to aggregate the world data on healthcare professionals in one platform. Um, you know, here we are in 2023 going into 2024, and it's just incredible how data continues to be incredibly siloed. And so having that um, broken view of who the doctors are in the world, of who the uh, hospitals, what hospitals and facilities are out there, not understanding right the depth and breadth of what they can do with who they're treating, et cetera, really leaves organizations um, sort of with a blind spot. And so the mission was, let's go out, let's aggregate all of the information that we can. Um, for doctors, we're looking at more than just demographic data, but where do they practice? Um, what's the patient population that they most commonly treat? Have they led clinical trials successfully? Do they have access to patient populations that represent the disease that a pharma company might be um, attempting to, to brand a new drug to market for? And on the institution side, similarly, which institutions are able to access the right patient populations that run successful clinical trials? Um, do we know? how they are um, influencing across digital channels, right? We know that generations are changing, how people receive information is changing. And so understanding how the medical professionals and the medical organizations are adapting and influencing across different spheres is really important. And so that's what we do. We bring all of that together um, and we inform life sciences and pharma companies as they build out clinical trials, as they um, work across medical affairs and commercial teams to prepare to brand new drugs and therapies to market, we're there as a resource to help inform their strategies 
and make them more efficient and effective in what they're doing. Wonderful. That's fantastic. So is that your primary customer, the research-based companies that are getting ready to run their clinical trials so you're able to inform them on what are the current trends and what's the access and uh, pretty much get getting them all of that information is that yeah. your primary yeah so i i would definitely say that you know the 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 heart of of h1 our customer base is in that life sciences um pharma space we do we also work with digital health companies who are trying to fuel different initiatives where having access to the most current information on doctors across different geographies is incredibly important. Um, we've worked with health plans and we do work with health plans um, to fuel their provider directory. Um, so that's an initiative that really took off a few years ago where CMS said, look, if, if you're going to have um, health benefits for a population of people, you also need to be publishing the most current and accurate information on your network to those people. And so it's a huge undertaking. And, and um, one of the things that I have found in my experience over the last 20 years is a health insurance company is not a data company. And yet they're being asked to do things that are data related. And so being able to step in and really create strong partnerships with those types of organizations um, could be transformational. So we do that not only on the life scientist side, but we also do that in digital health and on the health Fantastic. Got it. Got it. So it's like having all of the data that is um, useful. And earlier, that data wasn't accessible to everybody, but you're bringing it all together on your platform so that anybody who requires access to that data with the right credentials, they can obviously have that access and be able to use all of that information for, um, you know, doing a better job of uh, doing research or running That's the clinical right. trials or even finding uh, certain healthcare professionals. So all of those functions you're you're able to do. That's right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, great. Well, this is uh, something that I'm always curious about, and especially with uh, talking uh, to leaders like yourself. Like, why do you do this, and what gets you out of bed? Um, you know. Like, what are what are some of the things that really keep you going when you are doing your job? Yeah, I mean, that's such a deep question, right? There's so many things that could drive a person. I think for me, um, I have never worked um, outside of the healthcare industry. It's very much ingrained in my DNA. My husband is a nurse. Um, and so I think for me, a combination of having fallen in love with this industry at a very early stage in my career and also having lived through so many um, experiences where I've had to navigate the complexities of our healthcare system. Um, I had premature babies. They were in the NICU for two months and I really had to lean in and trust that um, the healthcare professionals that were being tasked with saving their lives were, were up to the job, right? Um, I've had family members who have battled um, different health issues, including myself. And so having lived through the healthcare system as it exists today um, has made me that much more passionate. And any time that I can step into an organization or become part of a platform that helps really 
emphasize the role of technology, the role of innovation to make our healthcare system more effective, more efficient. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do. And, and it's I really at the heart of why I get up and I do this. I'm just very passionate about there is so much room for improvement in our healthcare system. Um, and there's so much information globally that we could benefit from here in the U.S. as well as other geographies benefiting from what we're doing here in the States. You know, let's all come together as a community and sort of find the opportunity to, to leverage technology and data to really create those bridges. Um, at the end of it all, like at the other side of this is a human life. Totally. So, you know, we, we, we say that we're working in technology, but the reality is that we are changing the odds. We are, we are helping someone that's hanging on to the hope of getting word of a new clinical trial or, you know, finding a doctor who has treated their condition. Um, you know, we are impacting and influencing that. And that to me is something, you know, that I, I can't turn away from that. Definitely what, what motivates me day in and day out. I love it. It's so inspiring. And, and I think all the more now, like maybe when you started your career, there were a lot of innovations happening, but the rate of change and these advancements in these different therapies and medications, I mean, that has really increased to a huge, huge level. I feel like even in the last five to 10 years, the kinds of drugs that have been made available, I think earlier we were talking about, um, you know, how uh, there is the uh, Ozempic, uh, you know, for obesity. And, um, but, but still, when you look at it, it's not still accessible to a very large population because of the price tag of over $1,000 per month. And I feel like, um, you know, your organization is taking some steps in creating, you know, that platform that the access is there for everybody. And I think that can drive then, um, you know, alternatives to some of those very expensive drugs that now if the research can be democratized, can be made available, then there could be better, cheaper ways to make it accessible to everybody. Yeah, 100%. You, you use a really important word, which is, you know, democratize. That's one of my favorite terms because I think, um, you know, it starts with having access to the information, having transparency across the various stakeholders, right? So providers and payers and regulatory bodies that are setting the pricing um, parameters for these drugs. There has to be transparency across all of those individuals involved, because again, I always say, you know, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that at the end of this is an individual like yourself, myself, like our mother, our our child, um, that we would want to have um, the ability to make sure that they're accessing the best medicine, you know, available. And so, for us, you know, we will never um, not innovate in medicine. I think the rate of innovation in medicine is, is just tremendous and incredible. And what's exciting is that while the technology um, is becoming better and sharper, right, there's um, new ideas and thoughts coming forward in terms of how that technology can be applied to that innovation, to those different um, silos of information, to bring things to light that will um, help, right, those individuals that need access to those medicines. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done in terms of um, equity, right? Um, health equity and, and inclusivity in all aspects of healthcare and medicine. 
but I think we're on the right path. The FDA has been definitely involved in doing some great things in terms of bringing that to the surface. Um, and I think that, you know, insurers are, are also doing their part in adopting things like social determinants of health, which has been, you know, going around for the last five plus years and just really starting to understand that we need to understand patients are people first. And so you can't just treat them as a diagnosis. You have to look at them holistically. And that includes those limitations that come from their, you know, financial needs. And I think that as an industry, we're starting to move in the right direction there. And I'm hopeful. I, I really am hopeful that uh, technology will continue to unlock opportunity in those areas. Love it. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, healthcare is a vertical a field which is the most sort of purpose-driven because, I mean, what's more important than your health? Now, switching gears here a little bit, like as a chief marketing officer at H1, what do you see the role of marketing in, uh, you know, driving innovation and advancements in the healthcare industry? Yeah, I mean, I think marketing is really um, at the center of how a, a company um talks about who they are and what they do. And marketing is the function that can really establish the platform from which, you know, companies can really um, go to market and, and make a name for themselves. And so for me, here at H1 specifically, but I consistently across my career, I always start with the storytelling and making sure that, you know, we really have a clear and simplistic way of explaining the value that we're bringing to the market. Um, and I'm very fortunate to work for a company that is just organically incredibly mission driven. And so it's just so, so wonderful. Um, but marketing really has an opportunity to unlock that, right? Tell the story, make sure that they can, um, sell on value and connect the different partners. Again, there's so many different players in our healthcare ecosystem. And if we could all find ways to collaborate and partner together, um, I think we could advance. Our, our system a lot faster. And I think that marketing really plays a huge role in that. Um, and really marketing is also sort of that enablement level, lever within the organization. So helping Lovely. to make sure that our commercial teams are armed and our product teams are getting the support that they need. And, and ultimately our buyers are clear and able to uh, evaluate all of the various solutions that are out there to solve our problems and make the best decisions possible. So for me, marketing is sort of like the center. We are connected on all sides, sales, product, um, leadership, finance. We are very much um, in the middle. And I think that creating a lot of great opportunities for the value that we can drive. Absolutely. And I think at times it could be, for a layman at least, counterintuitive because, you know, hey, it's all about the latest technology and you know, the apprentice and the clinical trials, but what role would marketing have? But, you know, like you described, it makes sense. What good is any medicine that doesn't become accessible or is available or people don't know about it, then what good is it? So I think, of course, marketing, I feel like plays a very crucial role in, um, you know, uh, like innovation and advancement on one side, but, you know, with marketing, the healthcare industry can, uh, become accessible to everybody and new medicines and new Absolutely. advancements can be available too. Absolutely. So good to um, we've had a lot of, I've had personal experiences like that. My my father-in-law 
recently passed from cancer, um, throughout his journey, you know, we were very uh, engaged and active in researching and, you know, learning about things like immunotherapy, right, which here in the U.S. is, is something that's not always, you know, even in the top five things that are suggested. Um, and so we had to do a lot of research to find locations, understand what that was, make a decision if that was best for, for us. Um, but to your point, that's where marketing can help, right? Marketing can really be that vehicle that helps amplify that, hey, there are all of these options available and at least put a little bit more of the power in into the hands of the patient. Um, I think right now that's, you know, the one area that we can always do better is making sure that there's the right level of education out there for patients and our choices in their care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and see, the thing is, I think where H1 fits is enabling, um, you know, the research companies or, uh, you know, other providers. But it's like, as an example, if somebody was diagnosed with a very rare disease or one of their family was diagnosed with something, then they can't just go and research about that on the H1 platform. But instead, they go to their provider and then they would in turn have this access to the platform where they could get the latest and greatest. So um, we have a platform um, called H1 Connect, which uh, currently aggregates all of the latest research and case studies, articles, literature that's being published on um, groundbreaking clinical trials, for example. So that is, in fact, accessible to, um, to everyone. You can go to h1connect.co and, and you can search and you can see what the latest research is on a, you know, maybe you have a diagnosis or a condition that you're, you're currently navigating. So we do have a vehicle for which, you know, patients can educate themselves. That, you know, that education, again, I talk about education needing to be at the right level for the right, you know, um, person. That is more crafted for other researchers and um, medical professionals that are looking to maybe do something in a particular therapeutic area. Um, pharma, however, does have straight direct access to our data and our platform where they can add their thinking about um, the drugs and therapies that are in their pipeline you know, which hospitals should they be working with? Which doctors should they be working with to make sure that they're able to get those drugs into the hands of the right patient, uh, you know, in due time? Got it. Got it. And, and you know, speaking of, like, equitable access, I guess, can you elaborate on how technology and data play a role in ensuring equitable access to healthcare services? I mean, I think it all starts with... Um, Technology is a means to an end, right? So I think it's also very important for us to level that and not view technology in and of itself as the solution. But I think that it can definitely facilitate getting information, um, you know, in, in an aggregated format that allows you to develop patterns, see patterns, see trends, and sort of surface those things that are important to understand. Um, um, I think I alluded to earlier that the FDA in the last two years has really come forward and um, made a point to say, hey, if you are going to be building a clinical trial, we want to make sure that it's inclusive and that the affected population for this drug that you're bringing to market is actually part of the clinical trial. Um, you would be amazed 
at the um, the opportunity that uh, that is still available to us in that area. Um, I read a story or a news article uh, last year around Alzheimer's, and you know Alzheimer's and dementia. These are these are diseases that do affect um, you know uh, the Hispanic population, for example, and so. You know, it's important for life science companies that have trials in those areas to look at that patient population and say, is it representative? Um, do I have enough of that population enrolled in these trials to understand if it's truly impacting them? Um, and I think technology can help facilitate that. Um, and, and that's a very exciting thing to be a part of. Absolutely. And, and then the data, right? I mean, data is extremely important for all of those different ethnic groups, and it's um, you know really critical in ensuring equitable access. Gotcha. Well, good. Um, so, looking specifically at artificial intelligence, because that's you know buzzing everywhere, any industry you go. How do you foresee AI influencing the healthcare industry in terms of you know patient care, diagnostics, and treatment modalities? in the coming years? Like, what are you most looking forward to or excited about in terms of AI? Yeah, I mean, look, AI is, it has been around for a while in different formats. And I think we are finally starting to get more comfortable with applying it, you know, for different purposes. Um, it's done amazing things in terms of um, imaging and diagnostics and being able to look at things like CTs, x-rays, and, you know, assisting those healthcare professionals and understanding what it is that they're looking at and tying, uh, connecting the dots with other similar things so that they can reach sort of conclusions a little bit faster. Um, I'm really excited about the evolution of um, AI in terms of its ability to become more prescriptive. So I think in healthcare, we do a lot of predicting. We do a lot of this is what we think will happen. Um, but we, I think, have a lot of room for growth in if this is what we think will happen, this is the next best action that you should take, either as a healthcare professional prescribing treatment to a patient or as a patient um, looking for what the next best step is for them in their care journey. Um, so I think for me, seeing how AI evolves in that prescriptive lane is, is really exciting. Um, and then I think because our healthcare system still struggles from a lot of inefficiency, seeing how we can continue to unlock the potential of AI to drive efficiency, automate sort of mundane uh, activities and tasks so that we can spend more um, focused energy on the patient care side. I like that. I like uh, the two examples that you gave. And, you know, especially efficiency, we do a lot of work on that. And I think that sort of cuts across a lot of different verticals, but uh, in healthcare, it's so, so much more important. I was having another conversation earlier, um, and it was about how the patient experience needs to be improved, but also it should be done while you're protecting doctors' time as well, because we have limited resources Absolutely. in healthcare, and um, you know there is an extent to obviously improve the patient experience. But you know, for so me, I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say physician burnout is a real thing. Right. It is a real thing. And, you know, technology is great and data is great. But we also have to remember that we're throwing all of this at the one or, you know, handful of people that are in charge of life. 
And it's, you know, very, um, it's daunting to have all of this information and technology coming at you when you just want to make sure that you give this individual patient in front of you, right, the best direction possible. So to the extent that we can um, streamline and automate and do things that will allow, you know, our healthcare professionals to really invest their time where, uh, where it matters most, which is in that patient, you know, one-to-one care process, then I, I think that's a win. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what I'm most excited about in AI, and you can comment on that if, you know, what you think about some of those. See, one is, I read this book um, by Peter Diamandis, and he actually even started um, a company for human longevity, and it's related to DNA sequencing. And I think with um, AI and the compute becoming available, I think that could lead to a lot of, uh, you know, personalized care and personalized medicine. And I feel like that's something that could have a huge, huge impact, uh, you know, in, in, in the next just few years to come. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. Like precision medicine and genomics, and getting down to that molecular level of disease and of the just the human makeup is incredible. And truly, I think because our world um, is evolving so quickly, right? And I, I look at my kids sometimes and I think, wow, like they're so developed compared to how kids were developing when I was coming up. Um, things just change and our bodies change and humanity changes and having AI there as something that we can lean in uh, on to help us understand those changes and those nuances and those dynamics so that we can um, create a more personalized uh, medical experience, I think is incredibly. Totally. Especially with, you know, tourism, right? Uh, Tourist medicine, I always find is also very uh, interesting too. There's these groups that pop up and if you're a U.S. citizen visiting another country, you can connect with them and they can help make sure that you, you have care that's appropriate to you based on your nationality. Um, I think, you know, we're a melting pot. So many people come to the U.S. and we travel abroad. And I think medicine that can help create standards of care based on um, ethnicity, you know, there, there's something to be set for that advancement. Absolutely. So that was talking about AI, but I want to open it up a little bit more on what are some other exciting developments and trends that you're seeing for 2024 for, you know, the future of healthcare technology and how they shape the industry in sort of the coming years. Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on a few of those, right? I think it's, um, you know, moving towards a more personalized healthcare experience. I think it's around being able to aggregate a world volume of data um, and kind of coalesce around key use cases and, and surface insights quickly, putting that in the hands of people that are trying to build strategies and bring new medicine to market is very exciting to me. I think there's a lot that can be done. Uh, really excited about how the industry and how our segment is looking at things like digital health. Um, you know, new generations are up and coming, right? The gamification of healthcare. I think that's something that we don't, uh, we talk about it a little bit, but there's still so much opportunity. It's a new generation. It's a digital savvy, digitally native generation coming up. And so being able to look at those channels and really figure out how do we translate what we traditionally have delivered in brick and mortar 
um, structure into these new right internet waves and and digital platforms. And so I think that's really exciting. No, and I and I really like that because um, you know the newer generations, not only of the patients but also the doctors, I think they process um, information a little bit differently as well. Obviously, they have um, you know the liberty of growing up in like my doctor who performed my surgery was younger than me and that has never happened like uh, you know until then and I was a little bit surprised but I still felt confident because he was so nice and gave me all the good information so I guess then how do you see healthcare evolving to cater to diverse needs of different generations from millennials to baby boomers in that case yeah um I think so I think this whole concept of like gamification of healthcare is, is one um, area. I've also, you know, seen companies that have popped up because I experienced this with my father. You know, I was I was blessed enough to be able to care for him in his last stage of life, and and I had my own challenges. and And there are companies that are also coming forward that are building like holistic uh, approaches to helping generations like myself. I call myself the sandwich generation, where I'm raising my kids, but I'm also caring for my aging parents. So I'm in the middle of like these two very different generations. And from a healthcare perspective, how I approach both are very different. And so seeing companies come to the forefront um, and being thoughtful about that is incredibly, you know, exciting to me. Um, there are companies like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Papa Pals, but um, Papa is a company that came on the scene not too long ago. And they really focus on this concept of companionship. And they were looking at not only aging populations, but individuals who maybe have limitations financially or from a mobility standpoint, and rallying their community around them to help. And I thought, what a thought, like, it almost is too easy. Like, that is common sense. Be kind to your neighbor, right? If someone needs you to carry a bag, carry a bag. But the fact that they came to market with this concept and have been working with health insurance plans to say if you have individuals in your membership that need this type of companionship and help and we can help organize that, I think that's the stuff that makes me excited, that we're not so hung up on technology that we're going to forget the human aspect and the human side and that, that and the importance of connection. Um, but then at the same time, we have companies that are coming forward and saying technology really has the ability for us to um, you know, innovate in this space and, and make sure that we're getting information out there faster and quicker. Um, and so it, it's sort of a nice balance. And I think, you know, seeing that balance exists is what keeps me hopeful. Yeah, but it's super tough though, right? I mean, the kinds of strategies and access that's required for my parents, you know, versus for um, the new generation, the younger people, I mean, it's totally, totally different. And I think that is one of the key challenges that, uh, you know, companies that are coming and helping patients should, like you said, have that balance. Like it, it needs to almost be able to serve both. It's kind of like, you know, um, sending a text message, you know, that may be okay, but also then making that information available through push notifications through that gamified Absolutely. you know mobile application that they may be creating and having both options and and I know that's makes it tougher but I guess that's the transition and it's not an easy transition and this transition is going to continue to happen I feel like even 30 
years down the road, 50 years down the road, there may be the next and the newer generation that may have completely different, I don't know, maybe AR-based um, you know, uh-huh. technology, right? They're trying yeah. to uh, get those appointments, you know, telemedicine, n- no, we want it on our Oculus, right? So interesting. Well, good. Um, I think last but not least, I'd love for you to share some inspiring stories and examples of how healthcare technology, including, you know, the kinds of solutions that your company, H1, offers has made a positive impact on, you know, patient care uh, and outcomes. So, you know, we can leave our audience touched, moved and inspired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, we're living it right now here at H1. So I started off, I think our mission is, is really connect the world to the right doctors and having information on those doctors, right? That's where it starts. Um, and we've been living through some trying times, right? The uh, events in Ukraine, um, we are now living through the events in Israel and Gaza. And sometimes we don't realize the impact that that has on hospitals. And I mean, think about it. If there were clinical trials being run in those areas, what happens if the hospitals are shut down, no longer accessible? Uh, what do you do with that? And so we have been able to really step in in these moments and be able to just offer our help um, in connecting organizations. We're working with many non-governmental organizations that have needs to place um, doctors within specific um, specialties in various locations of hospitals um, that are in need right now. And so we were very quickly able to stand up an effort, you know, reach out to over, you know, 200,000 doctors um, and connect them, right? We've got over 3,000 um, healthcare professionals that have signed up to volunteer and go overseas. Like they are ready to go and give up their time to help these patients that are in need on all sides. And I think that's a very real way that, you know, those of us who are in the technology, who are in the data space, um, there's always something that can be done, right? And I think it's just up to us to really take these moments and reflect on what do I have in my box of, of treasure that I could potentially utilize to help a world in need. Um, and so we're, we're incredibly, you know, happy right now with the, the collaboration that we're able to facilitate um, and help in these trying times. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, that's a super inspiring story. And I know you talked about it uh, earlier as well when we've communicated about Doctors Beyond Borders and, you know, overall, in the entire conversation that we've had, I love the team of collaboration. I mean, that is the overall team. And I think that is so important in anything that you want to do with a meaningful impact. And I feel like um, your company definitely embraces that. And it's built on collaboration, on sharing information and, you know, getting information from all these different uh, silos that existed. Wonderful, Lizzie. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate you. And thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing what's uh, coming down the pipe in technology and health tech and all these innovations that are happening. These are exciting times. Thank you again. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.